Well, then you don't deserve to look in his eyes. They're gorgeous. Pretty mean. Pretty mean. Well, you can't even <laughs> ask. You didn't ask. You just looked in his eyes. I'm married to him. Welcome to Poetry, the podcast where we try to understand poetry. You're frozen. You're, you're frozen. Back. Yeah. We have already discussed the poem for at least 45 minutes, sort of. So it'll be a fun editing experience for me. I'm so um, sorry. <laughs> I think we got to introduce ourselves. Oh, dang. Okay. Hey. <laughs> I'm Koya. Who are you? I'm Yuki. Nice I get it. Oh, sorry. <laughs> not good at this. Oh, uh, you were great at it. Here's the thing. I'm gonna let you take the lead on this poem. I have almost nothing to say about it. What? But you I just enjoy it. it. Yeah, but I just enjoy reading it. It's so short. I feel like it's very really short. Not what, that's not what you enjoy about it. It is one. No. <laughs> well, you're gonna you're gonna lead this discussion, and I'm just gonna follow you. Um, uh, what are we reading it. today? <laughs> today we are reading Pattern Four by Garis Abdul Malehian. Is it Malehian? Yeah, it's got like a little like a like a breathy, but I've also oh, heard it pronounced like an... Kian by not the author, but he says Malehian. He says Garus Abdul Malachian. Uh huh. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, apologies in advance because I'm sure I will mispronounce a lot of people's names in this episode. Well, okay. should I jump into the background? Yes. Let's let's do the or, background. Or you can tell me like um, the background of like how you found this poem, how it came to you. I found it on the internet, and I don't know where, and I don't know when. But it stuck with you. Why did it, it sure stick did. with you? Um, it's short, like I said before. Um, there's something about it that's like very, um, like I couldn't, I couldn't tell when it was written. I, mm. I, 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 there was something about it that was like, it could have been written last year or it could have been written like 400 years ago. Mm. Um, Got a timelessness and, to it. Mm-hmm. And I, so I, I was like intrigued by the poem because I was like, where, where did this come from? You know, who, who is this person? And so it stuck with me, particularly because of that quality, because I, I, um, even though this is a contemporary poet, it really reads as something that could have come from uh, a distant past, you know, and um, I love the romanticism of it. Yeah. He's pretty close to our age, actually. Is he? Dang. Yeah, he's born in 1980. So that is not that much older than me. I, I have not written a poem like this. I know. Dang. I know. Let's try not to compare ourselves. Okay. <laughs> what is it? Comparison is the is the thief of joy. Is that it? Is that right? I don't know. Garis Abdul Malahian is an Iranian poet born in Tehran in 1980. His early childhood was shaped by the violent backdrop of the Iran-Iraq conflict, which spanned from 1980 to 1988. 
Perhaps because of this experience, some of Abdul Malikian's poems deal with themes of conflict and politics. Ahmad Nadalizada and Idra Novi, who translated some of his works in the 2020 English collection Lean Against This Late Hour, write, Abdul Malikian is one of the most prominent figures in Iran's contemporary literary landscape. He has had an enormous influence on the new generation of Iranian poets addressing the dramatic social changes underway in the country. Abdul Malahian has become a pivotal voice among poets in Iran, determined to convey the inner life of their country and the stifled songs emerging from the silence in which they came of age. As poet Andre Nafis Saheli writes, while poets from non-Western cultures ruled by repressive regimes are typically analyzed from a socio-political perspective, Abdul Malekian is, above all, a poet of love. And we'll soon see with our poem today. Abdul Malekian is the author of seven books of poetry and currently serves as editor of the poetry section at Chesme Publications in Tehran. His poems have been translated into Arabic, French, German, Kurdish, Spanish, and English. He is a recipient of the Karnameh Poetry Book of the Year Award and winner of the Iranian Youth Poetry Book Prize. Pattern 4 by Garis Abdelmalekian Translated from the original Persian by Ahmad Nadalizada and Idra Novi Staring at the tiny planet, God calculated again. There was no space for a continuous forest. No space for an infinite sea, no matter how endless the search. And so, the invention of your eyes. I could find all the other patterns in the book except for pattern six. Oh, really? I haven't mm-hmm. read any of the others. I was just so curious because it was book. four. Yeah, yeah. I, I was reading a little bit about the book. Okay. Well, one of the articles that I read was like very critical of the translation. Yeah, I saw. I think I, I maybe read the same one. Yeah. Um, translation is hard. It's so hard. It's super uh, hard. Yeah. I, I did think that it was interesting, the point that that particular author made about how it's like in vogue to have like a junior translator who's like, from the country, from like the original language, and then a more senior Western translator, and like the dynamics that that creates. I thought that was that was an interesting. What were they saying? I think they were just saying like it's really in vogue for this to happen, but there are plenty of translators who are like fluent in both languages. Mm-hmm. Um, but I thought I don't know. Like I don't know if it's a question of fluency i think it's a question of like capturing the spirit of yeah it is a question of fluency yeah yeah it's a yeah it's it's i mean translation is is another i mean it's a field unto itself because if it were just straight up like you know looking up words in the dictionary then anybody could do that yeah i think the the point that the author was making if we read the same article is like there's a lot of stuff that's like not actually in the poem because like for example it was talking about like Persian is not a gendered language. I mean, it's uh, in the sense of like nouns don't have gender or something like that. Um, mm-hmm. So when they translate it into English and they translate it some term in a gendered way, then the translators like adding their own kind of cultural lens um, mm-hmm. and interpreting it 
you but know, you always do that in, in a translation. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, it's like, that's part of poetry too, right? Like we all interpret things in ways that the, the original poet didn't intend. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I think I, maybe I didn't read the, quite the same article because it didn't get that in depth. It was just like a couple of lines about the translation um, mm. not being that they, they didn't particularly like it, mm. which doesn't help me as someone who doesn't speak Persian. You know, I'm just like, well, what do you think it should be? <laughs> I would love to hear your translation. Yeah. But, you know, it was good enough for me. <laughs> right. I liked it. I liked what came up. Yeah. Um, one thing I, I did see pictures of the book and it's like it has Persian on one side and then the English on the other. So like if you do read Persian, then you could just go straight to the source. You don't have to like go digging for it. Yeah. Maybe it'd be interesting, though, to like put it through Google Translate. You know what I mean? I think it would be hideous to put it through Google Translate. Well, and then we would be grateful for what we yeah, have. Exactly. You know? Um, we did not do an intro. I guess we can do one now. Okay. Because all that's going in. Yeah. Oh, no. Beautiful translation conversation. Yeah. It's hard. You know You know what that just reminded me of, though? It reminded me of uh, Latin class when we would do translations. And they would do just you? be so bad. We, I just stole them straight off the internet. I'm so, I feel so guilty. I feel so bad. I don't like, I mean, I just, I don't like learning classical languages. When I, when I was learning Sanskrit, then um, I didn't steal translations off the internet, but I, I, I translated exactly what I needed to translate. And then I never translated everything, anything ever again. I just, I didn't enjoy learning it as a language at all. It's, it's like, all of the rigor of learning the language, but like none of the like benefits because you can't communicate with people in it. <laughs> so it's just like, oh, my stola is torn. Is just... <laughs> uh, no, thank you. Yeah. Somebody's gonna get really mad about me. I'm probably gonna cut that out. I don't want Sasha to getting mad at me. <laughs> Let's see. What was I saying? Translation's hard. Translation is hard. Have you ever done any translation? Like from not Japanese outside or of Japanese? Not outside of like any academic space. Um, mm. You know, like when we're on a program or something in Japan, I'll like, if if like an actual interpreter isn't there, then I'll be like, all right, you're getting Yuki's <laughs> hot takes. <laughs> it's the gist. Okay, not word for word. <laughs> Yuki's, it's more commentary than interpretation at that point. Yeah. Um, Yuki needs. So the the grad school that I went to, it's like world renowned for translation interpretation. It's like where you go if you want to become a UN interpreter. And I had friends there and they were like, oh yeah, like I got this gig once doing interpretation, you know, with the thing where you like have the headphones on and you're like, you know, translating to somebody's headsets. And apparently you're supposed to like trade off every few hours or something because it's just it's so exhausting. Like your brain just like can't handle it. But my friend was like, they didn't have another interpreter. So I just had to sit there for like a full day. And I was like, oh, God. And she was like, yeah, it was really crazy because when I took the headset off, my ears were bleeding. And I was like, what causes what could possibly cause your ears to bleed? you know what though 
I'm glad you have told this story Mm -hmm. because sometimes I will get really down about myself about not being able to do some cognitive task or not being able to, you know, like whatever it is. And I think sometimes you just need to remember that maybe your brain will bleed (laughs) if you do too much straight out of your ears. (laughs) And maybe it's good to just sometimes, you know, feel so confused and overwhelmed that you give up. Yeah. And maybe that's just your brain protecting itself. Yeah. Yeah. Some things are just not meant to be done at that moment. Mm. Yeah. Isn't that wild? God did not want us to talk to each other. That was what the whole Tower of Babel was about. What? Did, how does that story go? I don't remember. <laughs> sure don't. Oh, I think they were, try- they were trying to build a tower straight into heaven. And God was like... Oh, they're getting too close. <laughs> really? Yeah. And so then and so then he was like, well, we'll just like make, make it so they can't up. communicate. Yeah. With each other. Just, yeah. And that's how like different languages were born. Oh, come on. <laughs> I mean, I think it was supposed to be like not so much that he was like, you know, sweating because they were like getting real close to heaven, but more that it was like spitting in the face of God and this, you know, um mm. so and he was mad. So <laughs> Um, Yeti, yeah. <laughs> real petty. It's so petty. I mean, he says he is. He said he was like. A, didn't you say? No, he said he's a jealous god. That's what it is. Uh, but I think petty is synonymous. Yeah, in some cases. Yeah. Wow. That's um, messed up. It is messed up. So I think if God, the God of the Hebrew Bible, had His way, we would never know what. Garos Abdomalekian had to say. Right. Yeah. Thank goodness for cross-culturalists, interculturalists. Or does it spit in the face of God? Oh, maybe. Even <laughs> attempting <laughs> to try <the> translation. <laughs> yeah. I sure hope not. I don't think it does. <laughs> yeah, I think we're okay. <laughs> um, what are your thoughts, Yuki? So romantic. It's so romantic, Yuki. Ugh. Like the best pickup line. It is. I don't think I don't think pickup lines actually work, but I think if someone ever said this to me, I would be like, hmm, "Yeah, bad. yeah." I definitely don't think they work in the way that they purport to work. Mm. But they can be very disarming, you know. Yeah, someone gives you a bad pickup line, and you're like, "Oh, okay." <laughs> this made me think of Sky because he has the most beautiful eyes. Does he describe he has, them to me right now? He has hazel eyes. So sometimes they look green, sometimes they look gray. You can like see very clearly like the the iris. You know what I'm talking about? Like just little flecks of things in the iris. It's just like they're very beautiful. Mm-hmm. And one time I was talking to a friend of ours in college and I was like, have you ever noticed like Sky has beautiful eyes? And without skipping a beat, he was like, yeah, they're gorgeous. <laughs> <laughs> It was wow. so sweet. Yeah. Yeah. They're beautiful. His eyes have this reputation. I have not gazed into his eyes, I don't think. So I, I have, I actually, but no, yeah, next time. Yeah. You should let him know I'm going to do it so he isn't caught off guard. But I mean, you can ask him yourself. No. I'm not going to preface it by like, <laughs> so Colleen's going to come stay at our house and at some point she's going to want to gaze into your eyes. Why not? I think. I think you can just ask for permission. Like, hey, I heard you have really beautiful eyes. Can I just look at them real, real quick? 
I feel like that's worse. Why? I don't know. <laughs> I feel like you're grown. I was going to say, should be, be able to ask that. No. Okay, so I'm leading this conversation today. Yeah, why not? Okay, uh, then I get to ask you, who do you know who has the most beautiful eyes? Okay. Let's see. I think my mother has really beautiful eyes. Mm. They, they radiate a kind of like warmth. Mm. But it it is not the her the eye it's not the eyes themselves necessarily. It's that like there is like a a you know, like a totality of who she is that is like coming through in her eyes. You know what I mean? Spirit Bear has beautiful eyes. Mm. He has emoji eyes. You know the the eye looking emojis that are the or the the eye emojis that are actually very creepy looking because they're just like you know disembodied eyes. Mm-hmm. There's a brown one and it looks just like his eye, but like oh. on him, it's very pleasant. It, you know, it's very you know continuous forest and infinity and not mm. like creepy. Like if it was just like a disembodied eye floating in space. So Spirit Bear for sure. And you brought us back to the poem. Yeah. Uh, I do it all. You do it all. Well, what do you like about the poem? You seem to enjoy it. What do I like about the poem? I like that um, it makes... I like the God character, the way that God is portrayed in this poem. So it's like, where do I fit this beautiful thing? I have this beautiful thing that I need to put somewhere, but I can't figure out where to shove it in. (laughs) It's just like, Uh I don't know. It's like a very bumbling is the wrong word, but it's, I don't know. Like I'm, I'm imagining God is this like uh, heavenly bureaucrat and is trying to like figure (laughs) out where to fit this thing in. And eyes weren't going to be there. We were all just going to be eyeless, you know? Is that is that what? am I reading the poem right? <laughs> yeah. We, there weren't gonna be any eyes, but then God had this beautiful thing that he needed to shove somewhere and was like, I've got it. I'm gonna make eyeballs. Is that not right? <laughs> it's not wrong, but it's I mean it's certainly an interpretation. <laughs> you can't say it's not. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, I mean so from you, a from so a chronological think, perspective, that's what's happening in this poem. That's the story of this poem. I said it much less romantically. So you, so okay, so you're seeing um, that's so interesting because I did not read this as interesting. Was not. It's definitely a euphemism. <laughs> no, there there are two things happening. I'm using interesting both sincerely and euphemistically at the same time. <laughs> the like oh that's interesting thing is that you imagined everyone walking around without eyeballs which is like that's the euphemistic interesting um because (laughs) it's definitely there if you want to see it i did not invention of your eyes yeah but like to, to imagine that everyone was just like walking around like j- just like a horror movie just with no eyes like uh like that that thing from pan's labyrinth you know or angels god just is full of eyes. eyes i know it, it, he he makes horrors <laughs> okay that's I, just his mo what are we talking about <laughs> 
my point specifically with the angel thing is that I think eyeless people is not necessarily a horror in God's eyes. It's just a thing that he made one day. And then he decided to put eyeballs in because he was walking around with like this dragon ball of beauty and didn't know what to do with it. He was like, where can I set this down? Stuck it in a person's face. Okay. I I can't help but feel like I'm just destroying this poem. You will never it's... be able to read this poem in the same way ever again. I guess what? I'm That's so definitely sorry. True. I think I think that I think your interpretation is very interesting. It's very interesting. Oh, it's so interesting. <laughs> because I mean, I think both because um okay. There's so much there. <laughs> I don't know where to start. I think God as a bumbling. Um, Not bumbling. I, I never bureaucrat. said that. Okay. For the listeners at home, Yuki looked up to the heavens. <laughs> and I like to apologize to God and normally. <laughs> okay. Um, there. I, I guess I just, I don't see someone... <laughs> There, I don't see so many hijinks in the poem. <laughs> like what Hi you're jinx. describing is is so full of like shenanigans. No, no, <laughs> like, it's like no, it's not hijinks. It's not hijinks. I heard hijinks. No, it's not. God hijinks. is looking, wandering around, like, oh, what am I gonna do? Like, I got all this stuff. What, what am I gonna do with this like, continuous forest? And then just like, it's like, oh, I know, I'll just put it down. You know, like, like it's a hot potato or something like, oh, here we go. Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. No, that, that, that's, um, I don't know. It's very slapstick. It's no. Just, no, it's like, it's like when you have this idea, it's like, I know just the thing. Okay. I know just the place for this pile of beauty. You know, it, it can't be a continuous forest. There's no space. Yeah. It can't be an infinite sea. There's no space. But I know yeah. just the place where an infinite sea and a continuous forest can live in your mother's eyes. Ugh, perfect solution. You know, it's like when a bureaucrat just finds the perfect solution for something. Do they do that? What is your experience of bureaucrats? Yeah. Or me. I don't know. Like when I find like, you know, I'm like grappling with a problem and I'm thinking about it and I'm thinking about it and thinking about it. And then I'm like going on a walk one day just doing something totally different and then it comes to me that's what i that's what i'm imagining not slapstick not hijinks it's like i know the perfect place in your mother's but eyes calculating bureaucracy well he's calculating god calculated again he is calculating yeah I was no space. imagining like um like an ancient math mathematician not necessarily like you know an accountant i was imagining like those old ancient school block. accountant calculators with the chunk oh yeah lots of drawers oh no i was imagining like you know in a rotunda somewhere yeah with an abacus exactly and some 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 like uh old astronomy tools i actually what i'm just what i'm what i'm actually imagining like when i'm pressed on it and i feel like i am being pressed on it is um is junther munther in india um in in there's one in delhi and there's one somewhere else and it has all these old astronaut, like, ast 
how do you say it? Astrological? Astro- astro- astronomical, astronomical instruments. Okay. Things to measure the stars. Right. What and is this called? Gender? It's J-A-N-T-A-R. And then the same thing with an M. Oh. John Thermother. Astronomical instruments. I was right. It wow. is astronomical. That looks cool. It is cool. Uh, I'm imagining someone like, if any, like that kind of calculating. Maybe he's hunched over, you know, an abacus or like wandering up these steps. I mean, he's, 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 wow. you know, he's, he's figuring things out cosmically. Is this like an observatory? Yeah, it's like a like an like an old timey observatory. Wow, it's really cool. That looks you amazing. Go. It is. It is amazing. <laughs> Jonathan Brunner is really cool. I'm glad that you had this reaction because <laughs> it is really cool. Okay, I could see God in here. That's. I'm imagining something like that. I like um, it. So, which to me is like, um, is like a little bit more romantic than like you know, an accountant with one of those green visors. Right. Yeah. You know? Okay. The other thing though, so that, that, that interpretation is so different from mine. Okay. And I do truly love it. I like, I, I love it because I would never, <laughs> never, never <laughs> would I have gone there. <laughs> and this is the beauty of discussing poetry with someone who is not in my brain. Um, because now I get this interesting interpretation I wouldn't have come to on my own. And, but the other thing that I also think is interesting. Wait, wait, are you going to hit me with your interpretation? Yes. But after I say this about your interpretation. Okay. 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 Um, which is that the other thing that I find interesting in your interpretation is that you seem to have read the your as, um, plural, like the collective you. Like you said that we would all be walking around with, you know, with like no eyes. Oh, yeah. And I read this as talking to a specific person. Like, I think not, it could be both. I mean, it could be both, but I, I, it had not even occurred to me to read it the other way. Um, so that is the other thing that I thought was interesting. Less euphemistically. I mean, neither of them were euphemistic. Both of those were very interesting interpretations. But um, one of them was just horrifying to think about and this one is just like ah an interesting perspective and so i read this as not that we would all be eyeless monsters walking into each other like the thing from pan's labyrinth do you know what i'm talking about by the way i don't should i google it it's got these little pinpricks of eyes well he had he 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 had to get his eyes yeah i don't like this so he does one of these boys. Oh, man. Yeah. So when he wants to see, he does that. Yeah. Oh, I don't like that. Um, so that's what I was imagining when you describe something as eyeless. Um, truly nightmarish thing to associate with this poem. And now it is associated forever. Now, for me, what I imagined was that we all have eyes, but this one person's eyes, whoever you are reading this to, whoever he was writing about, has eyes that are so overwhelmingly beautiful and mysterious and um, some other adjective that they are distinct from everyone else's eyes. So I did not imagine anyone without eyes. That didn't come up for me at all. And it never would have. And now it definitely will. 
Can I give you the flip side, though, of everyone mm-hmm. getting these eyes? Mm-hmm. Is that everyone has beautiful eyes. Everyone's eyes hold the beauty of a continuous forest. That is, yeah, that is, um, that is certainly like the extension of your of your interpretation if, if you're reading this collectively which i wasn't i was reading it as as one person containing yeah beautiful which well, I, is... think, I think that's the way i read it at first because i read it as like the ultimate pickup line which is directed yeah. towards one specific person but it reminds me what you just said reminds me of uh i asked sky i was like oh like you know do you think i'm pretty <laughs> i mean there's only one correct answer um, and he was like, I think you have really beautiful eyes. And I was like, oh, that's so interesting. Because I always thought my eyes were like very boring, you know, like they're just boring brown eyes. There's not like a whole lot going on there, right? Like they don't change color and stuff. But I, I you know, like when you love someone, you think their eyes are beautiful. I think your eyes are beautiful. I drew your eye. You drew my eye? Yeah. And I took a photograph of it. I do not or, remember that. I'll have to send you the photograph. Okay. And I'll have to send you the drawing. I thought I did. I did send it to you. You just don't remember. Yeah, probably. That seems. Ooh, I, I drew it as practice when I first got my uh, my iPad, and I was messing around with like the you know digital art stuff, and mm-hmm. I couldn't find something to draw, so I drew a picture of your eye that I'd taken like fifteen years ago or something. Gosh, you've got a great eye. Thank you. I only saw the one up close, so I don't know about the other one. The but... other one might be crap. <laughs> <laughs> well, I feel like. There's nothing else to say because there's nowhere to go from we would have all been eyeless monsters to anything else. Not necessarily monsters, though. I think that's that's your bias based on your image of what humans are supposed to look like. No, it's not my bias of what humans are supposed to look like. It's that the only thing that I can the first thing that I think of that doesn't have eyes, but that is humanoid is the pale man from Pan's Labyrinth. So I think someone probably a human with no eyes would probably not be so frightening because they are not a monster but the first thing i think of is a monster right that's sad yeah yeah well should i cry maybe i i think you should reflect on it (laughs) no what's your favorite line and such Okay, I'm going to not answer your question. My favorite thing was reading the poet's last name. It's so, it just rolls off your tongue. Abdul Malahian. I love his name. That was your favorite thing about this poem? No, okay, fine. But I just, I really like his name. Yeah, it's nice. It's nice. Um, okay, favorite thing. I don't know. I feel like I've just talked about it. It's so short. I mean, that's a difficult question for this one because you need every line to build up to the that the best line yeah and, and so, so the invention of your eyes mm-hmm. yeah which which you know sometimes my favorite line in a poem can be could be like a standalone line and that one is is not um so i mean i don't have favorite lines from this poem it's the whole poem the whole poem the whole poem's great the whole poem is great you know i okay I, I do feel like this sense of like searching, searching, searching and just like feeling like very helpless. So it's again, it's not bumbling. It's like it's holding this hot potato. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm searching and ser- it's like so helpless. But then the perfect solution. I just mm. I, I just I keep coming back to that feeling of like, oh, it was the perfect place. Just right. 
right there. And now I can That's stare so at it. I, I don't, I mean, because I, I feel like the first part of the poem is so controlled and measured. But, but then it ends in the same place of like, ah, yes, of course. It was there all along. Right. You know? Yeah. Have you read this poem to Sky? No, but I should. Yeah. You love yeah. his eyes so much. Why'd you say it like that? <laughs> Jesus. Why don't you marry them? Because <laughs> I'm so salty. You said I, I don't deserve to look into his eyes. Because you can't even ask. It's like if you can't even ask the story. But you clerk, didn't ask. And you looked into them. And if well, you hadn't, you wouldn't be married. You can do that. But I also think you should ask permission. Did I you? Think I, I think I should have asked permission. To, to gaze into his eyes? Yeah. Well. But also, you know what? I, it like took me a while because I knew him for a while before I made that realization. You know, we were like friends for a while. Mm -hmm. And then one day, I guess I just like looked a little too long. And then I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> And I had to, I had to tell my friend. It was, it was that kind of thing. I was like, dude, have you noticed that he has the most incredibly beautiful eyes? Mm. And my friend was like, yeah, how have you not realized before? They're gems. <laughs> 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 They're literally gemstones that God shoved into his face. You looked too long. I don't. I kind of makes it sound like like they ensnared you or something. Maybe they did. Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah, maybe they did yeah let's see have i ever gazed into someone's eyes and and i'm sure i have i don't think it was with anyone i dated i had with with any with someone that i was in a romantic relationship with i there are other features that i would like you know suddenly be like oh my god you're like your nose is perfect or something like that but i don't <laughs> think i don't think i've had this realization with eyes in particular mm. i did have a i did have an ex-boyfriend who had like a phenomenal nose he had a button nose a button nose was it like upturned or something oh is that what button nose means no it was like know. really it was like really it was just like very round now i'm just imagining Before. a button for a nose that's just also horrid <laughs> it wasn't upturned but it was just it was just very round like mm -hmm. a very round nose like a round um, button mm -hmm. and i i wouldn't have written a poem about, about his nose probably because i don't think yeah i would I mean, not now. Noses have depth in the same way that eyes have depth. Eyes you think are, they don't? Do. No, because like eyes, uh, eyes are the window to the soul. You know, like they they just express so much. Like a nose, how much can a nose really express? A chin, a but cheek. It was a really good nose. I mean, I don't doubt it. I'm sure it was a great nose. I don't think I could have written a poem like this, but I could certainly have written a poem about his nose. It wouldn't have been as good. Also. Okay, I didn't think about this, but my grandmother had really beautiful eyes as well. Mm. Um, she had really huge eyes. <laughs> and they could be very piercing sometimes. Everyone in your family has really big eyes. We have huge, bulbous, round eyes like Bert from Sesame Street. And because we also have very powerful eyebrows. Oh my god. I think this episode is all about like like comparisons <laughs> <laughs> oh god i don't feel like we did this poem justice <laughs> i don't either i feel so bad <laughs> but i don't think we were going to anyway um Why? because it's so beautiful it's so beautiful. i don't think we ever we probably never do a poem justice that's okay um i want to change my answer okay 
to the question you asked before, my favorite thing about this poem is not a specific line, but it's that it makes me think of my husband's beautiful eyes. So it like gives me a direction of like who who I would say this to if I were speaking this out loud. Mm. Um, and it gives me like a very human, sweet image of God. That's nice. It does not give me this a similar image. Like honestly, when I when I read it for, I mean, it wasn't until I was talking to you that I really sort of anthropomorphized God in the poem because it wasn't um it just wasn't how I approached it initially. And I also I don't direct it at a particular person, but it, it what I like so much about the poem, I guess, is that someone is saying it to someone else. And I'm like vicariously enjoying that they're having this experience with another person where it's like, oh well, they have seen an infinite sea and a continuous forest and in someone's eyes, you know, how lovely for them um, that they get to have this experience of, okay. And the other thing, uh, I guess I could have finished that sentence, but I won't. Um, the other thing, okay, this is the thing that I wanted to say that has been trying to come out. <laughs> and now, and then once I say it, I'll feel comfortable ending the podcast. I love the idea that you experience something that is infinite and mysterious and ultimately divine in a place that is very common and usual and you know in some sense every day so i i i tend to like things that are able to bring out what is you know so special about things we encounter all of the time and you know allow us to look at those things differently that is what i like about this poem and now i feel good that was lovely Thank you. Should we wrap it? A final thought, a final something, a final word, a final decree. Final thought mm-hmm. is uh, I'm going to read this to Sky, and I think you should read it to someone who has beautiful eyes. I've sent it to someone. Really? Mm-hmm. With beautiful eyes? Were you hitting on them? I wasn't not hitting on them, actually. <laughs> but I wasn't I wasn't sending I wasn't sending it as a come on. I was sending it as like, uh, oh, this is this is interesting and kind of related. But uh, but um it was, you know, the broader context is 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 definitely me hitting on this person for sure. Mm. I like it. Yeah. Nice. Do you have any other final thoughts? No. That's a good you I mean you already had a good, a great final thought. Thank you. Yeah. I I wish that I wish that you would illustrate this poem. Oh, I would love to. I love okay. the the thing that you added to about the the green visor because it makes him seem like a mafia accountant. That's not what I associate. We have such interesting associations that are so different from one. Another. I mean, the the, 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 in, the interesting part is the gap between. <laughs> it's just is like we are very clearly inhabiting very different worlds right. yeah. <laughs> all the time. Once the green visor came on, God was suddenly in this like spooky <laughs> pool hall room. Yeah, that's yeah. not what I got. The <laughs> chunk. The chunk. chunk indeed. Garros Abdulmalekian's biography was compiled from Poetry Foundation and Poetry Society of America. To hear Abdul Malekian read some of his poetry in Persian, check out his reading on Poets House Presents. All links will be available in the show notes. Our music is from Less FM. Do you like what you heard? Rate us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. 
Share us with your friends and enemies and subscribe so you know when each new episode drops. For questions, comments, concerns, or if you have a poem you'd like for us to discuss, hit us up on Instagram or email us at wepoetried at gmail.com. That's W-E dot P-O-E dot T-R-I-E-D. If you want to keep hearing more episodes like this, you can support Poetry by subscribing to our Patreon linked in the show notes. Thanks for listening. See y'all next time. Bye. Bye.